This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 830. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 830. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I'm looking forward to our conversation as always. This episode is not holiday specific, but also can totally be made to be holiday specific. So if you're listening in live time, it's just a couple weeks before Christmas, maybe less. I don't know. I've lost track. (laughs) It's the middle of December. And so I know oftentimes when we're listening in live times and, you know, hectic seasons, we want to apply all the information right then and there. So you can absolutely do that. But this is, I'm not going to be talking like specifically about how to get through Christmas chaos. This is going to be definitely how to get through tough times as a mom in any season, whether it's summer or fall or winter or spring, or, you know, just a random day of chaos that you can no longer, that you feel like you can no longer manage in the middle of what maybe would otherwise be a great week, because that's just how life is. So we're going to talk about tips to help keeping you going or tips to helping keeping going um, in tough times. And I think this is an important conversation, because first of all, I think that we don't normalize how often we're in tough times. And I also think that because motherhood is a constant roller coaster in so many different ways, I think that sometimes we are in and out of tough 
days and pockets and seasons so frequently that we don't realize that we're when we're in them. And sometimes we forget or don't even think to give ourselves grace and space and time and let ourselves off the hook and say no to a bunch of things and skip things and like drop the ball. And, you know, as John Acuff says, uh, choose what to bomb where you're saying like, you know, like this on this day or in this week or season, this thing is really taking up a lot of time and energy. So I'm intentionally not going to do this other thing. I'm intentionally going to fail this other thing because I'm choosing to put my time and energy into something else that's more pressing or because I'm recovering from something else that was more pressing, like, you know, a really horrendous weekend with my family. (laughs) So um, I think it's really important that we acknowledge that we are on this constant roller coaster and sometimes the lows are low for a long time or sometimes the you know the roller coaster is going so fast that we can't do all the things that we want to do in any given moment and it's okay to do things differently for a day for a week for a season whatever our needs might be so when we think about going through tough times we can definitely think about um what can immediately come to mind is big traumatic times. So going through a really significant family event or family situation, whether it's related to, you know, health of a family member or a new diagnosis of a family member, maybe related to mental health, maybe it's related to a family situation where there is a job loss. This has been really, you know, present for us as my husband's been laid off for, I think, seven months now. Um, So Whatever the situation might be where it's just a season of tough times, maybe it's a season of one parent traveling for work a lot or not being able to be as present. Maybe it's a season of family transition in terms of separation or divorce or loss of a loved one or loss of a pet. All these things that can be, you know, they can kind of be ongoing. But this can also look like just having a day that's turned upside down or maybe having a family member who is in crisis sometimes on a regular basis and just requires the whole family. It requires the whole family to, you know, need to adjust things sometimes in the moment. And sometimes it's just for a few hours or sometimes it's for a longer amount of time. And when we don't recognize that we're doing this constantly, that we're constantly having to make accommodations for hard situations or tough moments, tough seasons, sometimes we forget to let ourselves breathe a little. And sometimes we let big, hard, heavy things take up all the space without letting ourselves drop the ball anywhere else. And so that's what I really want to talk about is how can you recognize when you're in a tough moment, again, a day, a week, a season, and then give yourself the space and grace to navigate in a way that allows you to get to the other side without being completely burnt out and spent and overexhausted and like needing an extensive amount of time to recover. I know for me, when this kind of stuff comes up, I am someone who is really good at powering through. I'm really good at, I can do this for, especially if I know if the thing's finite, I can look at my schedule and recognize like, okay, like this is a really hectic week. And there's also some family chaos going on, but like, it's just this week. So I'm just going to press through and I can get through it and it'll be fine. And then next week I'll rest. And it's weird how like that next week where I'm going to rest never actually arrives. (laughs) And I know I'm not alone with that. And so if you're someone who finds yourself in that situation where you're a person who just pushes through all the time and thinks like, I can just do this for a finite amount of time. Or if you're someone who finds yourself in these moments and you 
feel like asking for help or making an exception for yourself or for your family or for a family member seems like making excuses, this is definitely for you. I know that when our family has gone through hard times, there's been a lot of times where I haven't asked other people for grace. And then I've gotten really resentful. And in the back of my mind, I've had these thoughts and feelings around like, don't they even know that I'm going through this hard thing? And usually they don't because I haven't told them. (laughs) But but I'm like mad that they haven't figured it out. And I know that so many of us, have, we have this with our partners all the time, right? Where you're like, don't they know these 18 things that happened to me today? And then like, no, they don't. You didn't tell them. We expect people to be mind readers. We expect people to automatically know all the things without telling them because telling them requires like vulnerability or even just time and energy. I know that there's times where I don't share things with people because I'm like, who has the time? Like, I don't, I don't want to explain it and nor do I want to then try to manage like their emotions around it. And that's just all like more energy and I don't want to do all that. So I'll just keep it to myself. But then in the meantime, I'm like ending up not taking care of myself or getting my needs met or giving, you know, my a family member the space that they need to get their needs met. And so for, I think for a long time, I didn't want to make excuses. I wanted to be a person that could manage it all and juggle it all and could add more things to the plate. And here's what I realized. When you keep adding things to your plate or when certain things that are on your plate all the time take up more space, there's no shame in throwing something off the plate, like literally throwing it across the room or moving it to another plate or saying to someone else like, hey, can this go on your plate? And this is something that I've struggled with over the years. And I know if you're a high achiever, if you tend to be kind of lean toward perfectionistic, which I know is a lot of you listening, this can happen a lot. And this came to a striking, became a striking realization for me when my husband and I were going through therapy, talking about having a second child. And I said, I just don't know where this a second child could fit on the plate. Like there's literally no room left on my plate. And the therapist was like, well, you know, like your husband has a plate too. And I was literally like, hmm, never thought about that. <laughs> never thought that like he has a plate and maybe he could make some room for on his plate too for a child. And which, by the way, he'd be more than happy to do. He would expect to do that. He would want to do that. But I was very much thinking like singularly, okay, like if we do this, 100% of this new family member is on my plate, which is like so egocentric and so weird. But I also, I'm assuming that maybe there's things in your life that you do that with too, where you're like, oh, if we take this on, it's like all my burden to bear. Even if it could be something wonderful, like you know, a new, a new family member, a child, an animal, what have you. And it also excludes other people from like being able to be active and engaged in the process and in the family in my instance. And so what I realized is that adding to the plate without sharing that load is egocentric and selfish and, you know, sometimes takes away or denies other people their experiences, but it's also just really not necessary. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. The other thing that I recognize on an ongoing basis is when you look at what's on your plate all the time every day. So once you have a this started for us like when we got a dog, like once you have a dog or something that requires, you know, constant caretaking. And of course, a child would be in that category too. Not in the same category as a dog, but in the category of needing constant caretaking. We have these things on our plate. And if you imagine everything that needs to get done or everything that needs tending to being, you know, a fraction of the space or a fraction of a pie, if you want to look at it in terms of a pie or taking up space on a plate, we often aren't good at recognizing, okay, if this thing that's always there, so for example, a child who's, you know, a child, so we think, okay, this child takes up a certain amount of the pie every single day, the child gets a certain amount of attention, and then my work gets a certain amount of attention, and my social circle or my spirituality or my health routines get a certain amount of time and attention, and my partner and friends and family. What we sometimes forget or don't maybe haven't even considered acknowledging is that if something in the pie or something on the plate requires more attention, so instead of needing its normal 30%, it might need 40 or 50%, that it's 
okay to take from the other things on the plate and to be like, okay, so this other thing, so you know, the kid needs a higher percentage right now. So it's okay if this other thing then gets a lower percentage. And I think sometimes we don't give ourselves permission. We try to keep everything at like the same percentage all the time. And then the thing that goes up a higher percentage, then we're like over 100%, right? So if everything, if we have the pie always in our minds, <laughs> in our plates, um, if we have it all, you know, normally it equals 100%. And then the kid thing kicks up. And instead of being, you know, 50% of the pie, now it's 60%. And we don't reduce something else by 10%. Now we're over 100%. We are, the our capacity, we're over spending in terms of our capacity to hold everything together in that season on that day in that moment, or forever long that thing might last. And so where are you recognizing that if you're going through something, if your family is going through something, if you're in a tough season, that there has to be this um, opportunity for something else to give so that you're not at over 100%. Because if you're constantly operating over 100%, there is a point at which you will no longer be able to operate at 100%, over 100% anymore. And oftentimes you go from 115%, 120%, and you come crashing down and you don't go back to 100, you go back to like 50. Like you have a major, major crash where it might be a health crisis, it might be a mental health crisis, it might be a relationship that suffers significantly because you have pushed things too hard and to too high of an extreme or level of intensity for too long. So what can we do to keep ourselves from going over 100%? How can we get through those tough times? So I used to think I'd be making excuses if I said like, hey, I can't do this thing because this other thing is like taking up extra time or energy right now. And I didn't want to be someone who made excuses. I didn't want to be someone who let someone down. I didn't want to be someone who didn't meet a deadline. And I've had to really practice letting myself off the hook for this and recognizing how it's a disservice to myself and my mental health if I don't do this. And so one of the things I've been practicing, and it's taken me years and practicing it in different ways, is not overextending myself in certain areas when I know other areas are going to be really challenging in a moment, again, a week, a season. So what that looks like is looking at my schedule and recognizing and maybe being in a really tough week and recognizing, okay, I can't do all these things. And then to go to other people and say, hey, as it turns out, I'm not going to be able to do all these things. And so I'm going to need to either move this thing, cancel this thing, drop this ball. I'm not going to be able to, you know, make this commitment. I'm not going to be able to help this certain thing. And not even having to give a huge excuse for it to other people. So I want to talk through what this can look like when you're going through this. And so we're going to go through a handful of steps so that you can really, from a really strategic standpoint and a really tactical standpoint, understand how you can keep going when things are challenging, overwhelming, exhausting, etc. So the first thing is to shift your expectations. And this has a lot to do with what we talked about with this pie and these percentages or the all the things that are on your plate and recognizing like the plate can only hold so much. So shifting expectations for yourself or for family members in terms of needs and priorities. And so recognizing that if I'm in a season of high need because of something happening in my family life, or maybe it's a season of high need because of something happening in work or because of something happening with like something with a friend, extended family member, 
that I'm going to shift expectations in terms of what I'm going to be doing in other areas of my life. And I've had friends have to go through this in really, really acute ways recently where a family crisis has come up and they have had to take a leave of absence for work or a situation has come up with a child where a child's needs were severe enough that like there couldn't be much else to tend to outside of the immediate household for quite a while. And so like social events for the parents might be off the table for a minute and, you know, extra activities might just not be possible. So shifting expectations in terms of what the needs are right now and really honoring what the needs are right now, rather than trying to push through, rather than trying to continue to do all the things, thinking that like you're going to get a medal of honor or that you're going to somehow win if you continue to be able to do all the things and instead recognizing what really needs to happen and what's most critical right now is going to also benefit you for the in the long run if you give it the time and the care and attention that it needs. And I've seen this in so many instances recently as I've had people around me in moments of acute struggle and suffering and heartache and hardship Um, where there's been a shift in expectations and a shift in terms of how they have chosen to engage in their larger communities during moments of crisis. And they've been able to sit in hard times and work through hard times and tend to themselves and family members in ways that have been very healthy and healing and have allowed for after the crisis is over, allowed for a place to move forward that doesn't feel as tenuous or that doesn't feel as challenging because they honored the hard moment when they were in the hard moment and gave it what it needed. And that can be really, really hard. I'm not a person who wants to back out of things or wants to quote unquote, like drop a ball. But if you can give something the attention that it needs in a moment, then Hopefully you are being in a place where healthy healing can happen or processing can happen so that the unit, the family unit, the relationship, the container, or your own mental health can be in a better place on the back end so that moving forward as you come out the other side of something looks really different and much more healthy and positive than if you tried to just keep it all together and do all of the same things that you always do and just add and add and add to the plate when you really could have benefited from giving dedicated time and attention to something in a crisis moment. So that's the first thing is shifting expectations. The second thing is leaning harder into the routines that serve you. And this one can be tricky because sometimes when we are in hard moments, first of all, we're just tired or we're overwhelmed or it seems like we don't have time for things um, that might seem indulgent even. And I'm thinking about things like taking a nap or working out or doing your journal, or if you're a meditation person doing a meditation or going for a walk with a friend, we can often push those things to the side is like, well, that's not like the most critical need. And the reality is that those are the things that can often fuel us when things are really hard. And so maybe time and energy are in very short supply. How can you lean into the routines that serve you that provide stability and predictability when that's needed most. And so that might be leaning into other people or leaning into other habits that just keep you in a healthier mental space 
or that provide stability for your family unit that doesn't seem like things are in total chaos. And so if you're going through a tough season as a family, how are you maintaining some stability, predictability, routine, even when some things are pretty chaotic, so that there's a sense of normalcy. And when there might be some uprootedness that so that everyone isn't thrown into chaos at the same time. So maybe one person is in chaos, or maybe part of the system is in chaos, but we're keeping certain things grounded and stable and predictable, so that it doesn't feel like everything is exploding at the same time. And that can be really, really impactful for our kids, of course, who thrive in stability and predictability, but it can also be really, really critical for ourselves. And I think that this is, I saw this, you know, in the pandemic, I saw this when shortly after Vinny was born, when the more unpredictable and scary even that life got in times, the more those routines, even if I did them in really short spurts, but on a very regular basis made all the difference. And I know that, you know, when Vinny was really little, and he was a very demanding baby, which is fun and interesting to reflect back on now because I'm like, oh, like, definitely tracks. <laughs> so some of the things, some of his needs way back when I'm like, hmm, still there, still pretty intense. <laughs> and but I, when I look back, I really, really distinctly remember noticing that when I would get up in the morning, I would start to immediately tend to his needs. Because of course, like if you have a baby, you're going to tend to the baby's needs, right? You're not going to be like, hey, baby, sorry, you're hungry, but I'm like going to go do a workout right now. Like you just don't do that. And so I would get up and obviously tend to his needs. My husband would tend to his needs, but then my husband would go to work. He was working at an office in the house at the time. And he would go to the office. And I remember thinking, well, like, obviously, I'm not going to work out today because when? And at a certain point, that be was my unraveling where I wasn't getting any movement in. And it was really, really making my anxiety skyrocket. And so I know for myself that for me to keep going, and especially when things are hard, I have to have a way to process anxiety. And for me, it's through movement. And so I would do, I started making myself do these little workouts while Vinny would eat breakfast. So he would literally be in the kitchen sitting in his little chair that we had like strapped in. I can't remember the name of the chair, but a little plastic chair that was like strapped to our kitchen chair or dining room table chair. And he would be sitting there with like Cheerios on his tray and other gooey, disgusting, messy foods. And I would be on the kitchen floor doing my workout thing, push-ups and squats and whatever for like sometimes seven minutes. And I would get done and feel 1 million times better. Like a weight was lifted off of me. And I had to remind myself on days where I felt the chaos and felt like I don't have time to do that, that I needed to still do it because of the way that I felt afterwards. And so a lot of times I was doing this like barefoot and in my pajamas and no bra. Like, I mean, it was not cute. It was not pretty. It was very imperfect. It was not like any sort of like major calorie burning exercise or workout or anything, but it helped me manage anxiety and get that emo process emotion in a way that I could then show up and I could be in that space of having to react to all of his needs all day long without feeling completely overwhelmed and in like an anxious tailspin the whole day. So where can you lean into those routines that serve you that provide that stability or predictability in terms of your own mental health or for your family needs as well during tough times? This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math. 
Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever, and your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you, and you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. The next is to give yourself space and grace. So we've talked about this, giving yourself space and grace, deciding what balls you're going to drop, deciding what you're going to bomb, what you're intentionally going to fail, what you're just not even going to do, what's not even going to be on the list. It's not a piece of the pie right now. It's not taking up space on the plate. And then how can you instead give yourself some space to just be? And one of the things that is really hard, but also very necessary in times like this is to make space that's just quiet, calm space that often means shutting people out. (laughs) So it might mean saying no to something or taking something off the schedule so that you can just lay on the couch. And that feels for most moms, women, high achieving people, perfectionistic people, that feels very selfish, very self-centered, maybe even totally inappropriate. But if you are in a space of overworking, overdoing things, and you're overusing energy to get through a hard season, if you don't give yourself that permission to just be, it will catch up with you. So it is absolutely okay to cancel something, to say, no, I can't do that. And then go lay on the couch. And it's okay to say you can't do something because you're going to go do nothing. I'm going to say that again. It's okay to say that you can't do something because you are going to go do nothing. That is something that I've really had a hard time with over the years, and I've gotten definitely a little bit better. I just recently was um, had a day where I had a ton of interviews and conversations that I had to be really intensely invested in. 
And at like four o'clock, I just felt like my brain was fried. I felt like I could not carry on a conversation. I couldn't think. I had a to-do list a million items long. And I went upstairs and got in bed and turned on the TV. And my husband, which we have this TV in our bedroom that we never use, except for that I now use it as my space to escape when I need to just let my brain be. And so I went up, I'm watching Real Housewives at like four o'clock on a Wednesday. And my husband (laughs) comes and finds me. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh my God, I I can't even think like I, my brain is so done for the day. And he was like, oh, cool. Okay. (laughs) Enjoy. (laughs) He's like, enjoy. But then I laid there and I thought, I feel like I should go do something. Like I should be doing something. I should be tackling something else on the list. And then I realized I just, I absolutely cannot. And I think one of the things on the list was even like recording a podcast episode. And I thought if I go to do that right now, it's going to be awful. Like I'm going to end up having to redo it tomorrow if I do it now. So I didn't, I just laid there. But what's so interesting after that is that after that episode was over, the ridiculous housewife show I was watching, I got up and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I might make it through the day now. And I really previously was like, how am I even going to make it from like 4 p.m. to 5 p.m.? And so it actually did give me this respite that I needed to keep going and get through the day. And I'm someone who very often when I feel that sense of exhaustion and just utter fatigue will sit in front of my computer with work stuff and try to make myself do it. And it is so not productive. It takes me an extraordinary amount of energy to do very simple things when I get overly tired. And I think this is maybe a little bit of an ADHD thing, but like I'm so dysfunctional when I'm in that state, but yet I've have such a history of making myself push through that. And what I'm learning is if I take time away, whether it's just 10 minutes to like go lay, another thing I've done over the last couple of years is like just lay on the bed in quiet or with a like uh, guided meditation for 10 minutes and then get up and try to do something. I'm so much more functional than trying to push through. So where can you give yourself that space to decide you're not going to do something in order to do nothing, like permission to do nothing. I should do a whole episode on that. But permission to do nothing, I think is maybe the greatest gift that you can give yourself in these tough moments. The next thing I'm going to invite you to do when times are tough and you want to keep going is to say no and practice saying no and proudly say no and be really, really proud of yourself every time you say no. You don't have to like excitedly say no to other people like, nope, can't do that. I'm so excited that I can't do it. But instead to just practice saying no and then recognizing that when you say no, you don't owe people explanations. And this is how you practice healthy boundaries. I want you to think about when someone says no to you, when someone's like, oh yeah, I can't make that work. I'm not able to make it. Like you don't think anything of it, right? You're just like, okay, they must have other plans. But so often we don't give ourselves permission to say no to things or to say that we aren't able to do something or to, you know, have a set of boundary with someone. So I want you to think about that when someone sets a boundary with you, you think nothing of it in terms of someone saying they can't do something. But then when it goes to you having the opportunity to set a boundary, you suddenly become this like boundary police (laughs) where you're like, I don't know, am I deserving? Am I worthy? What are they going to think? Like all these weird things. So practice saying no for the sake of practicing saying no, like just getting in the habit of saying no. And then also for the practice of setting more diligent boundaries and having an excuse and a reason to do it. Sometimes having an excuse, like my child is suffering, my house, you know, my household is just in chaos, or we are, there's too much going on right now. Sometimes having that excuse can be a really great time to practice setting boundaries and then recognizing that it's not that hard 
and that we can do it again in moments where things aren't acute. We don't have to wait till acute moments to say no or to draw to set a boundary. Next is celebrating small wins. So when you're in tough moments and tough seasons, recognizing those small wins, recognizing like, oh my gosh, if I go lay down for 10 minutes, I'm so much more functional afterwards. I feel so much more, be- so much better. I'm actually like a more reasonable person to be around. Or recognizing that, you know, you took time out to do something in the middle of this really hectic season and you ended up having more time with a family member and look at the conversation that you had and that it was a moment of growth or a moment of healing or that you were able to maybe protect your family unit. Sometimes I think when we're givers in every capacity, when we finally do set a boundary and say, no, like I really need to focus on my family right now. I really need to just kind of be turning inward and I can't have these other commitments that we end up finding these little magical moments that come out of that maybe extra protection that can be really, really grounding and also really indicative of our family core values and also give our family a new place or new standard in which we can show up for one another. So then when things get hard again, we remember like, this is where we go. This is where we go to. This is how we maybe become a little more, maybe turn inward a little bit more to take care of one another. And being able to recognize the gifts that can come from that. And I think sometimes that's where we miss the mark is that when we're in the middle of tough times, we're really focused on the tough things because we have to be. And we sometimes miss moments of magic because we can't, it's hard to see them unless we're really looking. So letting ourselves be a little more insular and find those moments and even make space for those moments can be really significant. And then celebrating them, recognizing like, I'm so glad I got to have this moment with you. I'm so glad we got to experience this thing together, even in a a really hard time. Like I'm going to really remember that this is one of the things that happened during this hard time. And then lastly is letting yourself laugh. I think in tough times, the most healing thing is laughing and often irreverent laughter, (laughs) like laughing at the ridiculous of something, the ridiculousness of something or laughing at something that like, you know, it's like not politically correct to be laughing about it. You know, it's irreverent. You know that like if someone on the outside were to see you laughing at this thing, that they would feel like you were inappropriate or disrespectful or whatever. But you know, you're in this moment and the only thing you can do right now is laugh because it seems so overwhelming or so unbearable or how did we even get here? And that can be so healing and so grounding. And it can also be a really unifying experience. And I've had this happen in so many situations with friends, either friends going through things or, you know, our family's been going through things. This happened when we were going through infertility stuff where you can laugh at the most strange mundane things that outsiders would not understand or would not think, you know, was very appropriate. But that's the thing that holds you in that moment and lets you get through that moment and lets you keep going. So making that space to laugh and recognizing like, we're going to sit here and laugh about this thing, even though it might be awful. And even though it might be, you know, something that we have would never have chosen, but we are going to laugh because holy cow, like how else are we going to get through this? So those are your tips to keep going. You can absolutely apply that to the holiday season if that's, you know, if this is where you're at right now, but you can also apply this to moments in motherhood and moments in family, you know, drama and trauma that, in which you can keep going without feeling like you have to make excuses, without feeling like you have to, you know, have special permission and instead feel like you can stand up for yourself, for the needs of your family and make the things that 
should be a priority, a priority without needing other people to understand it, without needing other people's um, permission, or without needing other people to approve or even know about it. Just, just let people know, this is what I'm doing right now. This is what I'm not doing. This is what I need. This is what I'm, you know, this is what it looks like and goodbye. <laughs> so I hope that is helpful, especially if you're going through a tough time right now. Please know that I'm in this with you if you are going through a tough time, because I'm in this with you always as we navigate tough moments together. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not gonna tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.